This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Several Bay Area counties, including San Francisco, are now in the red tier and are opening up the economy significantly. Indoor dining, gyms, yoga studios, museums, and churches are open at reduced capacity. But is that a good idea? Health reporter Adine Vaziri talks about the push and pull of politics versus health and whether we can get vaccinated quickly enough to stave off the virus variants and avoid another surge. Then reporter Steve Rubenstein describes what it was like in San Francisco on its first day in the red tier. He saw some people indoor dining, a few people praying, and more people staying safely outside in the sunshine. He also talks about whether his day-to-day life has changed now that he's fully vaccinated. Adine Vaziri, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Heather. How are you? Thanks for coming back. I haven't talked to you in a while, but um, like I told you before we started recording, your your stories always scare me. <laughs> that's, that's not the goal. I'm just trying to keep every, <laughs> everyone alive is what it is. <laughs> well, I appreciate the effort. Yes. So you have a new story out looking at whether the Bay Area has actually moved too quickly to reopen because for much of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, we were like more cautious than other places and all of a sudden things are opening. So tell me about that like push and pull between politics and health and what you found. Right. Um, so even, you know, even when California was uh, pushing ahead with reopening last year, the, there, were, there was a core group of six Bay Area counties and I think it would fluctuate, you know, between uh, other cities and other counties that would join that really were very conservative and very careful about loosening restrictions. But um, it seems like this time around, everyone's just like, let's go for it. And the odd thing about that, obviously, is we're a couple months out from everyone getting vaccinated. And it just feels, to a lot of people, it feels like if it would be better if we could just wait until everyone's safe rather than lifting all the restrictions and letting everyone go back go back out there right now. Mm-hmm. Especially since what's opening isn't necessarily essential, like Ferris wheels and indoor right. dining. <laughs> it's not, it's, we're not, we're not opening schools, uh, but we are opening, you know, as you mentioned, <laughs> 150 foot tall observation wheels and yes. uh, museums, which, which is great. Um, and uh, indoor dining's coming back and all kinds of activities. Gyms but, at reduced capacity. Right. Um, which I, I'm sure, you know, the business owners have been really aching and they need it. But at the same time, um, it's it's it poses some risks. Right. And so um, which counties are in which color now, just to get that oh, cleared up? <laughs> Seems to change all the time. You wanted to stump me, right? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh this week we had San Francisco, <laughs> Napa, and Santa Clara County move into the red tier, which is the second most restrictive tier. They moved out of the purple tier, which is basically shuts everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
oh, I'm not going to remember the counties that moved the previous week. Um, no, that's okay. Yeah, but uh, so a large portion of Bay Area counties, but not all, are now in the red tier, which is still a very there's still widespread transmission in the red mm-hmm. tier. You know, right. red redwood indicate it's dangerous, uh, and it is. <laughs> Yeah, I remember in the fall when San Francisco was in yellow and orange that red sounded terrible. And now all of a sudden it's supposed to be really good <laughs> that we're in red because at least it's not purple. Well, and then and be, don't forget in between the tier assignments, we had a complete stay-at-home order where we transcended the tiers and there was no room in the ICU beds at hospitals. And mm-hmm. so getting back to a tiered system, no matter how bad, still feels like... Uh, feels like a relief. Right. And so what are doctors telling you about um, what they think? Because it seems like some of the same people that you quoted um, for your news story were saying at one point we were maybe being a little too cautious last year. And now they're like, we need to put on the brakes. Um, This may be happening too fast with the variants catching hold. Right. There was a study published today um, out of the UK that said that new... um, UK variant may be up to 90% more infectious than the Mm. common. So that's dangerous. Um, And then there's also this false sense of optimism that's happening right now. You know, the weather's beautiful outside. It's spring. Um, We're hearing about vaccinations, even though most of us are not vaccinated yet. Um, We hear that case rates are going down. And while all that's true, we're still at a, if you look at a graph, we're still at a much higher point than we were before we went into that crazy fall winter surge. Mm-hmm. Um, so the disease, the disease, I mean, the uh, virus is still out there. People are still getting sick. Um, but a lot of people are just tired of, uh, are just tired of it and they're ready for it to be over. It's been a year now. So yeah. But at least we're not Texas, which fully reopened, which is crazy. Right. Uh, yeah, they 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 declared the pandemic over, you know, no more masks, uh, 100% capacity at every business. Um, yeah, we're, we're not that bad, but it, it could, things could turn around really quickly if people don't continue to be keep their guards up. And the other issue is that uh, one of the doctors was telling you that with um, different counties and different tiers, he was concerned about, say, somebody in a purple tier county coming into San Francisco so they could eat inside just because it's something different to do than being home all the time. Right. Um, and so the borders are obviously just lines on a map and nothing more. Right. The virus doesn't know borders. So, um, you know, as part of uh, moving into red tier, San Francisco and Santa Clara also dropped their they had a travel quarantine where you flew in, you had to stay, you had to quarantine for 10 days. That's gone. Um, so Texas is fully reopened. Spring break is coming up. You know, tourists still come to San Francisco. Pier 39 is quite, quite busy, um, as we saw the other day with London Breed. Um, yeah, she was there just the other day with Grant Colfax and and others. Right. So there's that comment. And then you're right, the Bay Area counties, so like Alameda County is still in the purple tier, but people are going to want to go out and San Francisco is in the red tier. So you get people like Peter Hartlob coming over into the city <laughs> and bringing all his germs with him. And <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said that. 
so yeah, the the the, vi- the virus um, does not know any does not know borders, and um, it's uh, this whole patchwork approach uh, has it has the potential to make things worse. How much do you think politics is playing a part? Because obviously Gavin Newsom is facing a pretty serious recall campaign. Um, and a lot of that is driven by businesses who are mad about how he handled their closures over the past year. Right. I think there's been a lot of pressure um, to get schools open, to get businesses open. And um, it does feel like since that recall effort took momentum, I, you know, I'm one of the I'm one of the people who think uh, Gavin Newsom has done a remarkable job um, with a completely unforeseeable uh, situation. I mean, mm-hmm. a global pandemic, how I can't imagine how anyone would handle it any better, you know, maybe differently, but I, I can't imagine anyone doing better. Um, but as um, as that recall campaign has kind of picked up steam, there's been a new sense of urgency. Like I jokingly made a tour t-shirt for his uh, vaccine site visits and put it on our, <laughs> on our Slack channel, you know, with like... Oh my gosh, I have sc- to see this. Skull and crossbones and the guitars and all that. Like you could just, you can make tour <laughs> day. He's like... Oakland up, Coliseum. Up and down the coast. Yeah, like Fresno, San Bernardino. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, so I think he's facing a lot of pressure and maybe making some decisions he wouldn't instinctively make mm-hmm. um, to to make people happier. And as the uh, doctor I talked to said, um, people are not as afraid of the virus anymore mm-hmm. um, as they were when it first came out. They they feel more a little more familiar with it. Some people might think, oh, you know, people in my age group don't get that sick. So mm-hmm. when someone like London Breed says you have to stay home, they may not necessarily adhere to that now, whereas in April, you know, last April they would have. So yeah, that's all that stuff's changing. Right. And on the vaccine front, um, a bunch of new groups of people qualify now, including teachers and um, bus drivers and grocery store workers who are all um, trying to get appointments. And um, I've been hearing conflicting uh, ideas of when we'll all be vaccinated. Um, the city's Department of Emergency Management director told me last week she didn't think that would happen until the end of July. But then President Biden said yesterday that all Americans who are eligible should be vaccinated in May. So what do you think is a realistic expectation? Um, somewhere in between. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Biden will get out vaccine doses out to the states by May, June. Um, but then it's distributing those and as as you are you've already heard all the stories there's there's so much scheming going on mm-hmm. and so like people are jumping in lines left and right and uh it's and uh, also a lot of institutions like Sutter had to cancel thousands of appointments because they ran out of supplies so logistically i think it's just going to take a little bit longer um so to be safe, I I I think August really. Oh wow! <laughs> like uh, when everyone, and you know, we we truly need a majority of the population to be vaccinated. So mm-hmm. that's going to be reaching the people who are hesitant and don't even want the vaccine to kind of get on board. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. 
And whenever you come on the show, I have to check in because you notoriously did not leave your house for, I think, at least six months last year. Right. Uh, <laughs> How's it going now? I'm, you know, making it out occasionally, uh, but being being cautious, still being cautious. Um, you didn't rush out to indoor dine today? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I did want to meet you at the Hard Rock Cafe, but, <laughs> but you refused. Um, I would have been I there. had to make my own nachos. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that this totally sucks, but I'm not going to mess with this. It's a horrible disease. We're learning more about long haulers and people who may not get that sick, but have chronic symptoms for maybe the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. I just, um, to me personally, it's not worth the risk. Um, Nachos aren't worth it. As much as I miss uh, you know, San Francisco and I want to be out there. I'm just, I'm just being using all my patience to uh, kind of ride this out. Yeah. And last question. Um, when hopefully one day soon, you know, this is all behind us. We've reached herd immunity. People are vaccinated. What is the first thing you want to do? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I, you know, I, I really miss concerts. I want to go see a show at the Fillmore probably doesn't matter who it is like I'll uh -huh. go see anyone at this point so yeah <laughs> yeah get me back in the film and I'll be happy <laughs> great well maybe we'll meet there then yes please okay well thanks for coming on the show it's always fun to talk to you thank you I'll talk to you later we'll be right back after a short break you can support fifth in mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Steve Rubenstein, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for having me. I should say welcome to your own garage. We are neighbors, <laughs> and I thought it would be more fun to record <laughs> well, in I've the got open you air. Sitting beside two bicycles next to three rat traps. Uh, <laughs> it's be pretty careful where you fancy. put your left foot. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fancy podcasting studio. Um, but you spent your day going around San Francisco because um, it was our first day in the red tier with indoor dining and gyms and movie theaters open. Uh, what did you find? Were people out and about or hunkered well, down still? Or what was the mood? Well, red is the new purple. I think I watched <laughs> the first plate of calamari be eaten indoors in many months uh, in a joint in uh, Pier 39. And the people who were indoors, not everybody was indoors and not every restaurant was open for indoors yet. Uh, it was up to the individual uh, restaurateur if they wanted to do it and the individual customer if he wanted to plunk down his dough to do it. And not everybody is willing yet. Those that did, some of them said they wanted to make a statement and it's time for us to stop being such, well, their words, uh, <laughs> paranoid, yeah. not my word. But a lot of people were very content on a beautiful day like today, Wednesday was, to sit outdoors in these little parklets, which, you know, is a polite way of saying you're in the gutter next to the parking meter. <laughs> 
Uh, what percentage did you get a sense of how many restaurants are actually open for indoor? Well, business? I got out there pretty early, so mm-hmm. not every place, not every dinner place would have been open anyway. But several restaurants have taken the blue tape off their tables and made them available. Mm-hmm. Uh, not half, but the ones that I saw. I don't know, 25%? Maybe mm-hmm. that's a good number for... 25% with 25% uh, capacity? With 25, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> Many of them were saying, some some of them, 25% capacity is a very interesting concept because some of these restaurants had an odd number and you, you divide, you try and figure out 20, what 25% of... 50 patrons is, you're going to have to cut people in half. <laughs> That's so, not good business. I don't think it's good business. No, you should never cut customers in half. And then um, gyms also reopened at 10% At 10%, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and what else changed today? Um, uh, well, movie theaters are uh, going to be allowed to be open. Some of them are not really open yet. I think uh, the weekend was, uh, they were shooting for the weekend, at least the ones that I checked on. And uh, the museums... Uh, the uh, Museum of Modern Art is opening up and uh, with a free day on Sunday, which I think is almost all, all, all the tickets are taken. <laughs> and I think uh, the Young the Museum in Golden Gate Park is going to open uh, on uh, this weekend also, also with a free day on Saturday. Also, you better get your reservations in. Mm-hmm. And the Science Museum opening on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, nice. And if that- you can afford it. Yes. You know, I think it's 39 bucks to get into that museum. To see Claude the albino alligator. Uh, it's it's pricey. This is worth it, probably. It only got four toes on one foot. So <laughs> maybe it isn't. I don't know. <laughs> you also swung by one of my favorite um, San Francisco institutions, Cafe Trieste. I did. They I, were not doing any indoor service, right? They weren't. And the fellow uh, behind the uh, espresso machine said that the, the indoor space is very small. And it is, of course. If you, anybody who's been there knows that. And if you take 25% of some place that's very small, you get microscopic. So he, he said it wasn't worth it since he had so many nice tables outside. Mm-hmm. And it was a nice day and customers yeah. were outside. And the ones that were outside didn't want to go inside, hmm. even if they'd gotten a chance. Hmm. And churches are open, but you didn't find very no. many people worshiping. No, I went to St. Peter's and Paul's for the 9 a.m. Mass, and I saw three worshipers and a caregiver. Uh-huh. In addition to myself, I was an honest broker of information, so I can't really call myself a worshiper. But you didn't there, say a prayer. Well, I say I always say a prayer under my breath for all of us. I'm not sure who I'm addressing the prayer <laughs> to. But. And did you feel? Do you have the sense as a longtime San Franciscan and reporter that things are coming back to life in San Francisco, or what do you I feel do. about this city? I do. I've got my two shots in my left arm, so that maybe colors my perspective. You know, being. Uh, a senior guy, 69. Okay, I'll say it. You're 69? Just between you and me. No way. Yeah, Nobody else they, will hear this. That's what they tell me anyway. <laughs> what are you going to do for your 70th? Uh, boy, I don't know. Probably take, take a long bicycle ride somewhere. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I spend too much time on the bicycle, my wife tells me. Not enough time doing the honey-do list. <laughs> More uh, dishes, less bicycling. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we are. I think we're making progress. I think things are coming. Uh, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train, and I think we're going to get through this. These things don't last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to be careful. We have to wear these things around our neck and in front of our face. But it blocks my countenance. It's probably good for the rest of planet <laughs> Earth. 
and I have not even had my first dose yet. I don't. I'm not old enough to qualify. If that's okay to <laughs> You'll say, you'll get there if you're lucky. <laughs> but um, uh, tell me about getting vaccinated and whether it's changed what you do day to day. Hasn't. I still follow the rules because you have to. You have to do that, and you know they say they're not 100 percent sure that. Even vaccinated people cannot be a danger to others, and I don't want to be a danger to anybody, except in my writing. <laughs> and uh, did I feel it? I didn't feel it, that these people know what they're doing. By the time they got to my arm, they'd figured out how to do it without making me feel feel it. So I don't think it's—I'm excited about it. Here is this miracle thing that we have collectively come up with together as a country in a very short period of time, I can't understand why people aren't not, why 100% of everyone is not embracing this wonderful thing that we have an opportunity to get stuck in our left arm. <laughs> and you get a free Band-Aid. It's nice. Wow. Yeah, and, a, and a little pin. It's like going to the doctor when you're five years old. They give yeah. you a little badge Did you get afterwards. a lollipop? Yeah. In November, I got a thing that said I voted. And in February, I got a thing that said I got vaccinated. Well, those are both good things to do. I think so. And have you done any indoor dining? Uh, we have not done any. In well, the indoor dining just started today, but I have not done any. I mean, resumed Or would today. you? Would I? I probably would. I have you have to trust what these expert folks are telling you, so I probably would. Mm -hmm. But I like the I've gotten used to the outdoor ones, yeah. at least in our neighborhood, and I've my wife and I have been enjoying going out yeah. uh, outdoors, and we put on my ski jet, my down jacket, and it's more or less comfortable. Yeah, great. Well, it's fun to be here in your garage. Thanks for joining me, well, or letting me you. join you, I should say. Thank you, thank <laughs> you for having me, Heather. Always a joy to be with you. Thank you to Adine Vaziri and Steve Rubenstein for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening. <laughs>